What's the name of the brewery? Mothers. Oh, yay. 1988. Yeah. August. Okay. Self-titled album comes out. It's called Danzig. Mm. And there's a song on it called Mother. Mother. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling, craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. I'm Dolan. I thought he was going to go with I'm Chugsuckle. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he was going to he was going to ruin the ear. He was going to uh spoil the name again. He went normal. Yeah, he did. Maybe yeah. for the first time ever. He just went, I'm Dolan. There we go. I'm Dolan. You never know what to expect with this guy. That's why I love that's, him. That's absolutely true. So here's what I do know. Dolan is the one that makes the sound so good. When I wish uh, he could do you're... something about the looking part, but mm, I'll take yeah. sounds. No. Sound fine. Looks that's mm. more out of his hands. Yeah, I get it. No. No. Right. Uh, this week we go back to Springfield, Missouri, courtesy of our friend Aaron Biddle and fellow Atlas employee. Yep. Um, we go back to we go back to Springfield to Mother's Brewing Company. Oh, uh, this, this can is art their, is amazing, by the way. The can art, like it's it's very sixties kind of um, Yeah. Who is that guy? Who was the guy? Oh my gosh! He was a comic book guy. Why can't Robert I Crumb? Crumb. There we go. I mean, isn't that Look at, him? We are on the same wavelength, my man. Right? That is him. That's that very, is so his style. Either that, or it's like some psychedelic like concert poster or something. Sure. That's that a cool. He, that's a guy. Almost got like a glittery feel on the mm-hmm. the label itself. So when the light hits it, a little bit different. I've never even heard of this beer before. So Aaron sent us this beer. Uh, so Aaron lives in St. Louis, obviously. He sent us a number of beers. We've had this beer. Our friends at TRS uh, down in Arkansas get distribution on this beer. So they had they sent us the, was it the coffee stout that we did back on episode Winter, 83? It might have been Winter Grind, maybe. Winter Grind, that's it. Yep, yep, that's the yep. one. Which was the one I wasn't very excited, if I remember right, I wasn't very excited about. You don't like being, coffee stouts or something. No, yeah. which is weird because I love coffee. Um, it was one of my favorite beers from that, from that, uh, shipment that he sent to us. Uh, Aaron sent this mm, probably three or four weeks back. Um, and we have since asked for a second shipment Oh, because there are people here in the office and Mm. much like fairy nectar here in Omaha say, I'm not an IPA fan. This is a 6.5% new England style IPA. And they love it. I mean, it look. I mean, when you pour this one, it looks like if you didn't know what it was, you poured it in there, you'd know it's a hazy IPA for sure. Oh, it is without a doububt mm. hazy IPA. I wish I would have got more than one can of this. Then it's as um, good as it says there could be another, at least one. Uh, but right. then he sent us at least two more four packs, and they went home with people already. Oh my goodness! So it was it was very popular 
when when Aaron sent that first. I mean, I've known, I've well, I've known Biddle the longest. I'm just gonna put it out there. So, have if, you? Yeah, yeah. Mm, I think you we might have, be right. You we have history. Be. We have history. So you're right. You know, whatever. I mean, if maybe if it sucks, I don't want one, but I haven't tasted it yet. So, <laughs> oh, here's the thing. It doesn't suck. This and smells I, amazing. I've had it, and I don't generally drink a beer before we do it on a beer with Atlas. Or if I've, you know, if I've had it, it's been a while or, or whatever. Right. This I had to. I had to see what the hype was about. Okay. Someone out here actually said it's better than Fairy Nectar, which I think oh. is blasphemy. Right? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Right, so I am going to be in Springfield in two days. As of when this uh, airs, this airs. Hmm, that's right. So I you might have load to go, up, my man. go load up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, I haven't mm. tried it yet, so we'll we'll see. Oh, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say right now, this is Dolan style all day long, yep. every day, twice yep. on Sundays. That thing's legit good. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Right, that's really good. And here's the thing: is it better <laughs> than whatever? Is it? It is a. It is a damn good New England style IPA. Yeah. Like, if you were to go to random place and just say, "Give me a hazy IPA," and this is what they gave you, you would order two and then three, and yeah. then see where the night goes. That's good. Yeah, it's it smells hoppier than it tastes. If that makes sense. Yeah. It smells right. like it's going to be a little bit dank, and mm -hmm. which is you know dry hopping. I mean, that's what that that's right. for the aroma. It didn't leak over into the flavor, so you yep. know, don't be scared when you lift this up to your your mouth and you smell it because it doesn't taste that hoppy. But man, does it smell good and it tastes phenomenal. This is a great beer. I'd like to know. So Karen Andreessen is uh, you know the uh, experienced specialist here at Atlas. So if you've ever if you're on a contract with us and you've ever had something sent to you or you've done an Atlas adventure, mm -hmm. she's the one that's booked it. Is not an IPA fan at all. And she is in love with this beer. Hmm. Absolutely fell in love with it. I guess that's one of the perks about still being in the office. Yes. You get to try these delicious beers. And then me and Dolan just have to wait for the episodes, but I, you know, whatever. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah. Here's the thing. I knew it was good enough after I tried it that both of you would like it. And so that's why yeah. I added it to the schedule. Isn't that, what's fun about it because yeah. another thing about you know it's a social thing usually drinking beers right but it's kind of fun to drink something and be like oh i know somebody that would love this yes and mm -hmm. you save one can out of the four pack or whatever and you give it to them and yep. it's kind of the same thing for me when i turn people on a different kind of music i feel like i can pair people's beer personalities pretty well after you know a certain mm -hmm. amount of time getting to know what they like and don't like so it's, it's, it's just another fun little wrinkle in the game of craft beer. Yep. Exactly. Although sometimes that, that, that is flipped on me sometimes. Like I'll know some friends that are really into a style and I'll try something that I just think of them and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going to love it. And then they don't. <laughs> oh, well, they're, they're the ones that are sometimes. wrong. You're, you're, <laughs> you're the one that has a beer podcast. They don't. So That's true. Just that is true. take that bona fides. <laughs> you know, and, and enjoy it. Yep. I don't have a ton of research about Mothers. We did it last time. Uh, founded in 2011 by a guy named Jeff Schrag, S-H-S-C-H-R-A-G. 
Here's what I thought was interesting, though. Uh, I don't think I went to the Wikipedia, Wikipedia page last time. Okay. I've read some poorly written Wikipedia pages before. Yeah. This might be the worst. Oh. It's bad. I don't – and I don't – here's the thing. I've watched – there's a number of videos on their website. If you just Google Mother's Brewing Company, Springfield, Missouri on yeah. – Right, you Google, if you put it in YouTube and just go look up YouTube, it's the, the, this Jeff guy seems like a normal dude. Like he seems like just a normal brewer guy. He's not yeah, the yeah. brewer, right? He was just, and they're very clear on the Wikipedia page that he's listed as entrepreneur, mm. which, okay, fine. I, whatever. So he's, he's not, I don't, I believe, I don't believe he's that guy. I believe he probably wanted a good beer. Yeah and found went and bought a building which it sounds like then found a brewer for it and then they started mother's brewing company hmm. so whether or not he brews i don't know i, okay. I don't think so yeah they're oh gosh their wikipedia page is bad it is bad i mean it's there's some misspellings there's which oh. okay it's it's crowdfunded right i mean crowdsourced sure. anybody can update it right but it seems very um it seems very uh uh boastful if that's oh, boastful yeah. um it, yeah mm, i don't know which is the opposite of their website because the website is the amazing opposite. it's yeah. so beautiful i really like their website when i was just kind of sneaking through there because i always have to check out what gear is available do i mm -hmm. need a hat do i need a shirt i don't need them but i sure like to look at them all the time Oh, uh, Jenny and I have had this argument before: need versus want. Uh huh. Right. I don't. I don't really distinguish the two, uh, um, especially when it comes to beer merchandise. But I was looking through their website, and I was looking about like the who's on the team sort of tab. I think there was like who works here, who are the mothers, and their website was just beautiful. I just really enjoyed it. One of the best ones I've I've seen. It is. It is very very well done. Very yeah. well done. Yeah, yeah, their team page was really cool. I I just mm -hmm. sat watching it. I didn't even click on anybody's bio. I just watched mm -hmm. it for. And they all had like different titles and nicknames and like mm -hmm. what they did, and and it had nothing really to do with work, from right. what I could understand. It was like sexiest beard. One of the guys was <laughs> I remember. I was all like, right. oh, that's a good. I like that one. I don't. I you know, and and obviously Atlas has evolved a lot over the years. I still think we maintain a certain amount of our youthful innocence. You know our our startup at times that I yeah. I'll never let us let that go, but I feel like that's something that we would we would do in you know in a way or whatever. Mm -hmm. I and mean, that's what does a beer podcast have to do with placing a travel nurse at you know in Reno, Nevada? Nothing, mm. quite honestly, right? Yeah. But we do it anyway because it has a lot to do with it if you dig deep. Yeah. So yeah, that's in that's in Washoe County, by the way. I mean, just oh, so you know, there you go. Background checks. So, um. Here's a couple of things I want to talk about just with the beer itself. Yep. This has Citra and Centennial hops, which are two of the three C's that we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. The other three, the third C is Cascade. So these are some of the, you know, OG IPA hops, uh, which you don't normally consider when you're thinking about New England style IPAs. Uh, it's more of a, those are usually, it's kind of like in a Midwest combination. That's usually what we can get around here. Uh, so for them to, turn out a beer like that tastes like this is is pretty great yeah um the other thing i thought was interesting on their website and i think it's different on the can it says it tells you what to 
pair it with. So on the can, it says, try it with barbecued shrimp. I was like, oh, that's, that's fairly specific. Uh, and on their website, it says, okay, it pairs really good with shrimp and grits, which is a Southern thing. But in this part of Missouri, Dolan, correct me if I'm wrong, this is fairly Southern Missouri, right? Uh, yeah. So it's on the south gonna, side of Missouri, we're gonna, I guess. We're going to call it the South, shrimp and grits. That's a Southern thing. Then it says also tastes good with strawberry walnut salad, which is, you know, lettuce with walnuts and strawberries. So it's a fresh summer salad. Okay. And then caramel apple pie. So those are all three very different things, but you get to have the beer with your main course, maybe your appetizer, and then your dessert. Those are I would 100% things. agree with that. I would totally, totally agree with that. But they were really specific things. It wasn't like, try this with, you know, baked chicken. It was like, try this with, you know, whatever. So I, I thought that was interesting, like right away. Somebody that works there must be a cook or a chef or, you know, something like that. Like yeah. a little bit elevated as far as pairings. Usually it's like, try this with our pretzel. Yeah, cool. Anybody can do that. Is he the, uh, would that be the sexy beard guy? It might be. I don't know. Maybe. Sexy taste bud guy. Maybe that guy's there. Maybe he knows what's up. Maybe. Um, it says that it's supposed to have a dank, resiny aroma with some citrus. And I would agree with that. Like, it definitely smells hoppier than it's going to taste. Yep. That's, I mean, I'm an old school IPA guy, so I, I don't mind that hoppy taste. But that definitely turns most people off to IPAs. So probably two out of three of us are happy that it, it doesn't taste like that. And then kind of, I kind of happened to just fall into this research. Okay. And of course it was music related. One of the things I thought of instantly, I was like, aha, we've, we've talked about this brewery before and we talked about Springfield. Yep. And what can I do? That's a little bit different. So I started down that rabbit hole and then I looked at the can and I was like, duh, it's right on here. I have to go there too. So I think I'll do the, there it is. That part first. There Long, go. strange trip. Yeah. We'll start with hoping, that. I was hoping you'd go there. That is part of the chorus to a Grateful Dead song called Truckin'. Came out. Truckin'. Can you put that in right here, Dolan? Truckin'. Yeah, just yeah. dump it right in there. Right it's there. off the uh, November 1st, 1970 release of American Beauty, which to me is the best Grateful Dead album. Now, I, I grew up an adamant Grateful Dead hater. Mm. Like, hater's ball. Hate, 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 hate. I did not like Grateful Dead. Okay. okay. And it wasn't until I got a little older and I had been into a, a few different genres that I kind of understood where it you know, was coming from. And sure. this album, an album that mostly is shorter songs. They're known for their long jams and stuff. Yep. Most songs on this album or four minutes or so. so they're probably their most commercial album and this is was there until until like the 80s this was their highest charted song was mm. trucking so i'm going to get into that a little bit here um okay. and how it kind of i think ties into the can art because if you look at that again it's pretty psychedelic influenced it looks a little bit like they have the grateful dead has this logo they have a few they have the bear they also have this like walking man. He has a long white beard. And that was like their late 60s logo. Totally. Yeah. Kind of like has that mixed in and there's some psychedelic -y things. We know that Hops and uh, Mary Jane are in the same family. There's some 
what maybe appears to be some magic-y mushrooms mm, maybe. Uh, on the can. Uh, and then, of course, it just says Long Strange Trip. There you go. Are you talking about that guy right there? Yeah. Uh, nope. No? Nope. Hmm. Look even older. It's even older than that. That's even like older. That's like late 70s, 80s okay, okay. stuff there. But um, So I'll just get into a little bit about that song and, and kind of how it ties into this beer from what I can tell. Um, Grateful Dead was one of those bands kind of like – I don't know if there's really any, uh, ever been a band like this where mm. the guy that writes lyrics isn't even in the band. So they had like an official lyricist and he would write the words to the songs. He would listen, he would hear the tapes or go to the, you know, like practice or whatever. And then he would write the lyrics and then usually Jerry would sing the lyrics. And you tell me Jerry Garcia had nothing to do with the lyrics. No, there's a guy named Robert Hunter and he was like the lyricist guy. Okay. And around this time, they'd had a few albums out, no, no big success. Um, and in late 69, which was a great time to go on tour in America, sure. I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, hey, Robert, you know what? We're just not hitting where we want to. We want to express the road. Because the Grateful Dead, if anything, they're known as a touring band. Like They have more live albums yeah. than you can possibly listen to in your lifetime. You know, yeah. They have archives and bootlegs and like people trade their live albums around like there's a whole scene for that and that's what they're known for not their so much their recorded albums but their live stuff so they decided let's bring robert on the road so he can see and, and, and engage in these experiences that the band is having and then figure out a way to work those into the actual songs themselves hmm. which is a good idea if you're not in the band but you're writing lyrics you should probably go with the band right and see what they're doing sure so he writes the lyrics for this song and it's basically a song about being on the road and about going from one concert to the next concert trucking all their gear and all their people and all their fans that's another thing about grateful dead is their fans follow them at least they used to so there'd be you know you'd go on tour with them basically kind of like fish that's the most current version i could say i would say most of the uh most of the grateful dead followers have now followed fish yeah on tour, right that jam bandy sort of stuff that it's like a whole town. When the show yep. comes to your town, the parking lot's its own little city. And yep. currency is whatever you want it to be. And there's anything you can find. And that's just how it is. And that's how it's probably you know been since the 60s. And there's some band out there right now that's kind of doing that thing too. Sure. Um, the album version of Truckin' is about five minutes long. It's on the B side of the album. So the flip side of the vinyl. Um, they radio edit. They, they cut out about an minute and a half of the song so it went down to three minutes and 30 seconds hmm. which in 1970 was even still a little long for radio because a lot of the hit songs were like two and a half minutes to three minutes long and it wasn't really a hit per se it charted this was the highest charted song they ever had like i said before until the 80s it went to number 64 Ooh. so we're not we're not talking you know burning up billboard uh in 1987 touch of gray Mm. out charted it and they had a video on mtv mm. that's kind of where my with the playing guitar skeletons uh-huh and, yeah. yeah that's where that came from i gotta tell you as not i don't know a lot of grateful dead i do enjoy touch of gray quite a bit i like trucking that was a yeah. fine song touch, touch of gray, of gray is a good was, pop song it's just a good song yeah, yeah i agree um websites and blogs and all sorts of stuff breaking down grateful dead live shows um, and this one, they tracked it as being performed 520 times. 
So it makes it the eighth most performed Grateful Dead song, which is a lot. That's a lot. That shows how many shows they played. Wow. Because they had to have at least played 520 shows, right? Yep. That's crazy to me. Eighth? Eighth? Yes. So there's some that they played more. Yeah, number eight. Eighth most played Grateful Dead song. And it is one of the biggest selling albums that they that they have so it was one of the entry points for me because it's kind of country-ish it's one of their most country-ish albums for Grateful Dead and then also that I think there's Working Man Blues is another entry point has most of their biggest hits on it Uh, as a single when this came out there's a b-side and it was called Ripple which is a very famous Grateful Dead like jammy song Uh, so if you're into the dead you'll know the song Ripple and if you're not into the dead, it's a it's a good song to listen to. So I, I invite anybody uh, to check it out because I I had the greatest hits, and that was about as far as my knowledge went of the Grateful Dead. And then I delved in I don't know about ten years ago and decided I actually like quite a bit of their stuff from the '70s. So that's that's that tie-in. So. I'll I'll see if I can find that logo while maybe you or Dolan talks for a second. Dolan, I want to I under, I want to understand as someone who is younger than Brian and I, right? But is very much into music. Uh, what is your what is your like familiarity with the Walking Dead or with the Walking Dead? The Walking with the Grateful Dead. Dead. With the Walking Dead with Shane and Rick and Andrea and no. With the Grateful <laughs> Um, you know, so the Grateful Dead is always something that it it, it was weird for me because my dad grew up with them right and so I'm kind of on that teeter where um, I was the last of the the millennials the the start of the centennials Mm -hmm. I guess if you want to talk generations yep and um, so it it was really weird to see my dad who is a millennial um, be really into Grateful Dead or have friends that are into Grateful Dead and then see some of my friends growing up into the Grateful Dead. I've always been kind of more on the modern side of music. I'm always like exploring new music all the time. Um, So for me, the Grateful Dead doesn't really have an impact on me except for the fact that, you know, my dad and his friends listen to it. Um, So I, when it comes to them, it's, I, I, I think it's more like a, it's like a Jimi Hendrix thing. Like I respect him, but it's not on my playlist. It's interesting too. And Brian, maybe you can back me up on this. Cause I mean, cause Brian and I are approximately, I'm a little bit older, not much, a couple of years, right. but all of my friends and people that I have met, Steve Ryan is another one like this that went through kind of a, a discovery phase after it, mine was somewhere in between. So I went to, I was, I, I, I was a freshman in 1988 I graduated in 1992, so I was I was right in the middle of hair metal, and then the beginning of grunge. Grunge, yeah, mm. right. Somewhere in between, I got sick of modern music, and I went looking for something else. And I found I found the Doors and the Beatles, yeah. And it seemed like there were a couple of different. I was not alone. People my age did that, sure. And they either found they found the Beatles or they found Led Zeppelin, or they found the Grateful Dead. So that's interesting you say that because it was, it's very similar to the way that my dad put it. He, he said, like, you know, I was really into 
um, he was really into the grunge before grunge became like mainstream. Mm-hmm. So as soon as Nirvana became big, he was like, I'm done with Nirvana. I'm done with, <laughs> I'm done with all this grunge music. I'm done with everything. And that's where his discovery of, of the Beatles came from. I mean, he, he's always been appreciative of it, but he mm-hmm. really dove in when, when that happened. And, and he says the same thing about Grateful Dead where, you know, it's like you're either like Beatles, Zeppelin or Grateful Dead. Or Grateful Dead, right. And it, it kind of, it depends on where you landed on the Beatles spectrum too. So mm. I landed on maybe some of their middle stuff. If you landed on some of their psychedelic stuff first, it's no surprise maybe you ended up then with the Grateful Dead later. Right. Or, yes. you know, you had the people who were wrong and ended up on the Rolling Stones side. Which, mm-hmm. uh, or the who. Cold-blooded. Yeah. <laughs> I like all those. Here's the thing about the Grateful Dead, right? They're not very good. Like, they're not – Jerry Garcia wasn't a great singer. Mm-hmm. And their instrumentation isn't amazing. But they're popular, man, and they've got their own culture. And that's really what a lot of it was. Like, they came out of 60s, mid-60s, out of San Francisco, same time as, like, Jefferson Airplane and Mamas and the Papas and that sort of stuff. Uh, but they were, you know – potheads that's basically what grateful dead was so in my day in high school if you wore a tie-dye shirt and smoked a little little weed somewhere you probably were into the grateful dead Mm -hmm. Um, i was more of a like like you in the in high school i was a doors guy Mm. and i discovered the beatles when that whole um documentary came out and they started doing those reissues and that sort of thing so that's like where it led me um but then later on i when i kind of found myself looking at the grateful dead it was it's basically was through um ryan adams he had an album called cold roses a double album that was very influenced by grateful dead and then there's also a uh which will probably be something dolan could be into a couple years ago there was a tribute album that came out i think it was at least two albums maybe three and it's was uh fronted and like produced by one of the guys from the national and he was oh. just a huge Grateful Dead fan. So there's a bunch of indie artists doing Grateful Dead songs. So their influence is still today felt, especially like War on Drugs. That's a band that does a little noodling. And that's kind of what Grateful Dead was known for. And like, oh, it's really spread everywhere. So it's a band that a lot of people that are into music like. And I think it's one of the reasons is, you know, their big hits are what, number 64 and number 18 for right. Touch Bray. Like, they didn't have a number one hit. They were amazed to even have a video on MTV. Like, that mm-hmm. was how I found out about them. So, right. they're always there. They're, they're just one of those bands that influenced some of the stuff you listen to, maybe without even, even knowing it. It's, it's one of those things where, like, if, you, if your only introduction to Nirvana was, never mind... You mm-hmm. never knew that there was an album called Bleach yep. that cost $600 to make that yeah. everybody in Seattle listened to that was like yeah. a, you know, that everyone loved. That came out in the 80s, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go back and listen to Bleach, like it is, it, it's like that. It, it, it's mm-hmm. raw and, and almost at, at times almost unrehearsed maybe sound, yeah. but it is, it's fantastic. It's what you would expect when you went you like college age. Sure. Go listen to your friend's band and they're just jamming. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's why as much as I knock on it, 
as much as I hate this genre of music, but you know, punk is, is kind of encompasses all of that. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, especially early punk music too. They just, that's what it was. It was, it was just the raw, you know, this is who we are. This is what I'm going to listen to. And you literally had people playing instruments that didn't know how to play them. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like the Sex Pistols, like they didn't they're, know how to yes. play their instruments. Even, even, even today, I run into punk bands, and I find out like, like that you know, a guitar player that I auditioned for a band like two months ago is already playing with a punk band, and you know, I'll go and watch them or whatever, and I just understand like, oh, like they're you know, but but it is what it is, and and people love it, and it's hard as a musician to it. Don't it hurts that. it hurts my heart that because because I love you, it hurts my heart that you don't love the Ramones. Because <laughs> the Ramones to me are it just I don't know. It, it's so just music in its in its purest form. Like they just wanted to they were they were young and they had angst and they were just and it was just and, and they were just but, getting out. But but that's what I mean. Like the the market of uh, you don't necessarily have to be. It it, it wasn't a, just about the music. It was more about the movement and and the feeling and the the mm-hmm. community more than anything. I think as someone who I don't know I don't know anybody that listens to more music than I do. Right. Yeah. I don't and know. The, I don't, I don't know, know anybody who does either. No. <laughs> right. Been in some bands. I've done. I've sang, like I've done it. I'm a firm believer that not everybody needs to make music, right? Yeah. Like, so I'm with you, Dolan. The Ramones, I don't care. I don't care about them. Whatever. <laughs> the whole punk thing, it was an aesthetic. It was a movement. Right. For me, it doesn't influence me or impact me in any sort of way, um, except The Clash. They were pretty badass. <laughs> okay, they can actually play I, their instruments. I do like The Clash. I, I do like some Clash. So this one, the next part I have, this is the actual research I thought of, and this is going to hit Rich right in the guts, and he's going to love it. What's the name of the brewery? Mothers. Oh, yay. 1988. August. Okay. Self-titled album comes out. It's called Danzig. Mm. And there's a song on it called Mother. That's the one. So we're going to get into it. We're going to get, yeah, put it here. Just for a second. But make sure you get the 93 edit version. Don't get the 88 okay. one. Okay. Exactly, yes. Yes. Because the 93 one's where it's at. Yes. So here We're we at go. The, at the end of it, Glenn says, thank you. That's how you know that's the one. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the that live hit. Yes. So that comes out. Six years later, for some reason, they do an edit, a 93 edit. And it gets a little bit popular. It's on the buzz bin. A little TV. bit. A lot bit. Well, I mean, for them. It was their biggest hit. It continues to be the biggest hit. Um, the story goes, he wrote the song, kind of like woke up, wrote it down, kind of like Slash and Paul McCartney have done, Keith Richards. Uh, and, and this time, he calls Rick Rubin, who they're working with in 1988. He's, you know, Rick Rubin is still up and coming at that time. And he's working with Danzig and recording an album. He's like, Rick, I just wrote the best song I've ever written. It's the song I've always wanted to write. It's so good. And they play it the first time live and the crowd loves it. And then in the 90s, I think what happened was 
it was on an episode of Beavis and Butthead. And that's where that edit comes from. Either it was either Beavis and Butthead or 120 minutes, one of the two. Well, I wrote I wrote it down. Um, one episode came out in '93, which was called Couch Surfing, mm. and then in '94 there was in another episode called Crisis Line, mm. and there was a '94 edit made as well. So there's an '88 version, a '93 version, and a '94. '93 oh, wow. one is the one that was like the biggest charting version for them. Yes, um, Guitar Hero. Yep. It's on Guitar Hero. You're right. Yeah. Um, it had a video back in 1988. This is like prime MTV time. So mm-hmm. videos were happening and there might have been one non-video thing on and that might have been that dating game show. Remember that one? Or the one with, no, not even that, the trivia one that had Adam Sandler on it and Colin Quinn. Remote Control. Yes. Yes. So that might have been the non-video show back then. So mm-hmm. the, all music all the time. Yep. And the video was rejected by MTV. Because in it, I think it was Danzig Glenn. Um, well, they made it look like, he didn't do this really, but it made it look like they sacrificed a chicken, like a, a live chicken. They killed it in the video. They took its blood. They made an inverted cross. And the MTV was like, no, I don't, I mean, no, we're not going to show that. They got a lot of backlash from the dead fish at the end of the Faith No More epic video. video. Yeah. Uh, epic, yes. Yeah, they got motion. a lot of shit from that, so I can yeah. see why. So that video was one of the things targeted by old Tipper Gore. And Richard oh, yeah. remember this. And I oh, remember yes. too. There was like congressional hearings about music and lyrics and how in that mm-hmm. video games was making our kids terrible and mm-hmm. you know, we shouldn't let this and we need to have these parental advisory things. And, and that's one of the things that really pushed it forward. And, of course, Danzig... He did not like that. He did not agree. Art is yeah. art. You should not tell anybody what they can and cannot mm-hmm. consume, especially, you know, little children. I, guess, I don't know, whatever. I saw it, so I guess I'm still here. But that was a big, like, turning point, and we still – yeah, there's Tipper. Mm-hmm. He was on, like, the, the board I don't think or whatever. Anymore. I don't, think I don't know. Yeah. Um, so the parental advisory thing passes – it's still around today. If you buy music, if you're listening, even on like Spotify, if something's on there, it'll say explicit. Like there's warnings mm. all about it. And that, and this is one of the pieces of art that caused that stir. As Dolan said before, this was on guitar. What was it? Hero? Guitar hero. Yep. Guitar mm-hmm. hero. Um, this song has a lot of covers of it. Mostly metal. Um, so Anne Berlin, is that my, am I saying that right? That's yes. a band that has a cover of this. Wow. Coheed uh, and Cambria has a cover of this. Mm-hmm. Both very good bands. Uh, Sleater oh. Kenny has a cover of this, which is a little bit weird. Um, Ryan Adams has covered it acoustically. So it's a lot slower version. And then it's like a husband wife, almost acoustic kind of duo called Y Oak. They have a cover of it too. So it's all over the place. People, of, in all different genres cover it it's showed up in pop culture in a lot of different places uh it's in hangover part three which unfortunately i have never seen um it was in a movie that came out last year called tag you remember that yes like yes three buddies or whatever and they yep. played tag or something oh yeah was in that mm-hmm. it's been in the cleveland show 
It's been in the video game um, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. So it's one of the songs you can hear on the radio as you're driving around. Mm -hmm. It's on the show Portlandia. Um, this was interesting, I thought. 2003 and 2004, Boston Red Sox. Uh, one of those years they won the World Series, 2004, I believe. 2004, yeah. And their closer was Keith Folk. And that was his walk-up song. So coming out of the bullpen, really? he had really? Mother. Yeah. So one of the, one of the early adapters of tunes. I think, what was it, Mariano Rivera had uh, Inner Sandman? Inner Sandman. So this was his version of that. Uh, who's mother. the current Cubs closer that was the closer for the Red Sox? Um, I can't remember his name. He came out to Stranglehold. Oh, yeah? Which I, it was possibly one of the coolest things I'd ever seen at a ballpark. <laughs> we were at – this was through, gosh, four years ago it, at, at uh, Fenway Park. And they have the, you know, the, the ribbon boards all the way around mm -hmm. and all of that. So he comes out to stranglehold at the end. And they're playing the Cubs. And clearly we're losing if he's coming out to close the game because he's playing for the Red Sox at the time, obviously. Sure. Every board had fire on it. It was oh. like Fenway Park was on fire. It oh. was – it was, and they cranked it. Like, like some of the music was loud. Yeah. This was loud, like, like major league playing wild thing loud. Yeah. Like, and it was, it was impressive. Like I thought, shit, we're losing, but this is damn cool. It's like an intimidation thing. Uh, totally. You have to think, wouldn't it? Like it's already hard enough to hit a baseball. Craig Kimbrell. <laughs> that's his name. Craig Kimbrell oh, yeah, yeah, would yeah. come out to stranglehold. And it was, it was crazy good. Um, I think most people, like Dolan just sang it a little bit ago. Most people know that part of the song, right? Yep. This Tell is where it. Yeah, yeah. This is where it charted. So back in '88, this was this was like as high as it got, or maybe this was '93 numbers, but it got to number 20 in Finland because they were from Middle Eastern Europe, I believe, is where this guy originated <laughs> from. Uh, it got to number 17 on the U.S. rock charts. It hit 93 in Germany, and it was number 62 in UK. That's their big hit. <laughs> and that's the song I know from Danzig. Yeah. Wow. And that's the song most people know from Danzig. Yes. And it's, it might be probably because I saw Beavis and Butthead laughing about the video. That might be why I know it. <laughs> yeah. But it's called Mother, and it's at least worth hearing one time. So you can actually buy his belt buckle – that he wore oh, in the nice. video, right? Because everyone remembers just like the like the devil mm -hmm. skull belt. Well, that belt was the album cover too. Yes, mm. you can buy that now on Etsy or eBay. Yeah, I'm gonna do a uh, callback because I found the information. Here's the original Grateful Dead logo, Walking yes. Man guy. There you go. So it's kind of a shout out on the can of two legs mm -hmm. sprayed out, and you can't really see the rest of them, but it totally is. That's what it looks like. Yep. So that's what I got for us. Musical related. Wasn't on purpose, but just kind of fell in my lap. I, you know what? After I looked at it, I kind of figured that's, and Long Strange Trip, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. just, it says it right up there at the top, all yep. the way around. Yep. I kind of, I kind of figured, I, I was figured, I thought maybe you'd go R. Crumb, the comic book artist on that'd that. That'd be cool. I would like to do that eventually at some point in time. That's, uh, there might be even a be a documentary on him actually out there, but. There is. I've watched it. Is it? Um, it's quite good. Yep. And then um, 
gosh darn it. They did a movie. There was a movie about it too. Oh, really? And it was played by, uh, oh man, he died. He, gosh darn it. No, no, I'm sorry. I was just not Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's oh. who I was thinking of. Um, who's, this ties back to baseball. He's the son of the old baseball commissioner. What's the, and he's an actor. What is that guy's name? Mm. Anyway. Giamatti, Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti played R. Crumb. And Boom. it was really, really good. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to find it. Mark Giamatti is the guy that hates Pete yeah. Rose. Baseball. That's why he's not in the Hall of Fame. That's exactly why he's not in I the Hall I remember of having his baseball card, 1990 Donruss, the hmm. Giamatti commissioner card. It was Steve. red. Yeah. Mm. Why red. does the commissioner need a baseball card? Because he's the commish. <laughs> you like having a I Joe West baseball card. You need two cards. Yeah. <laughs> That's an inside baseball joke. It'd be oh a landscape. Gosh. <laughs> oh man! See, Dolan Google that, everybody. Yeah, he's Dolan fat, Dolan. He's big and fat. he's a big umpire, real big. And he's an idiot, and he really <laughs> likes to be the star of the show. Oh, he loves it. He thinks that the baseball. You, he thinks you're there to watch him. Yeah, oh, he's one yeah. of those umpires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he totally yeah. thinks that you're there to to watch him. Um, so where are we right, at on, look untapped untapped. on this thing okay yep i was oh i didn't i didn't finish checking in my last beer here also they so do this real quick there we go um there's another version of this i saw on their beer board on their website is it the I double i don't know if it was a series that they made it was like their summer version oh i don't know if it had hey. raspberry or it was some some sort of other or mango maybe there was a fruit oh, in it good. but it was their summer version of this and I didn't even know this was a thing, but I guess, you know, New England IPAs are where it's at. So if it tastes like this, ooh, I'd get, I would definitely try it. I will check with Aaron Biddle as soon as we are done here and see if we yes. can get that one. We need the summer. So I'm say it right, Chug Suckle. Chug Suckle. Yeah. Brian, you've checked this in. No way. Before. You no have way. two years ago. I don't September even remember. September 21st, 2018. You checked in this beer. Did I at least go four? You did. Okay, because I'm going to up oh. it today. Um, I want to see. It doesn't say where you checked Oh, bummer. In, Darn it, it had to have been in Kansas City. Let's, okay, view details. Hang on. Let's see. Uh, you said the profile was citrus and smooth, but it doesn't mm. say where you – gosh darn it. It doesn't say where you Because it doesn't – this isn't a beer we get here, so I had to no. have been in Missouri probably at some point. Yeah. So 8,360 check-ins. Where do you think we fall? 8,300? Mm-hmm. 3.74. 3.8. 3.83. Dang. That's pretty good. That's really good. I'm going to I'm going to a lot of fours. I'm going to pump it up to 4.25 actually. I think I, okay, so I checked it in once. I checked it in when I, when I did it originally at a four. I will probably, again, go a four on it. It's, it's a, a four or a four, two, five. It, it's right in there. So what do you think about this versus the fairy nectar? Well, uh, I mean. Turn off the recording. Come on. <laughs> you got to be with fairy nectar. Well, of course. Here's the thing. This is closer to the double dry hop, right? This is closer to London mm-hmm. style. Yeah. And and I London style double dry hop fairy nectar is I don't know if I don't oh, in my book there isn't one better. Yeah. 
you can argue it. Sure. I mean, you can, it's fine, but like that, that one's it for me. Uh, uh, an unbiased me. Cause I, I don't have any strings attached to cross train by any means. Um, I will definitely say this. I think that it would be good competition if you were to put it next, next to each other. So I, I can't argue that at all. I can't, I can't say one is better than the other because I, I don't know. I, I mean, I would drink both all day. Yeah. So I feel like Dolan makes me feel like one of the CNBC guys. Like as I give my opinion, I have to say like, I own 1.26% of cross train brewing <laughs> company or something. Not, Cause they have to like, I don't like this, but I also own puts. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, they have to, they have to say they that say so it. people don't do something right. Right. I don't know, but either way we all win. Cause that's a, that was a good beer, right? It was a good They're beer. both good beers. Really good beer. And I, like I said, I'm in Springfield in a couple days. I am going to be filling yeah, up find on it. some mothers. Yeah. And you get the, Dolan, you got to look for the, yeah, whatever the summer version is. Summer one is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if they can it. It might just be at the brewery, but. I saw it on their, their website when I was looking around. Hey, Springfield is only a five-hour drive, five, maybe six-hour drive. Um, so You going to get that mac and cheese? Of course I'm going to get that mac and cheese. That's, that's a thing I'm going to do the first day and the second day and the third day that I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole reason for the trip. Yep, and client manager Shannon Conley swears that Springfield has the best Chinese food. And she lived in California, so that's so weird. All right, we're gonna find out. That's so weird. I trust you, so we'll see. We'll see what you say. I guess I don't know. Mm. We'll see. We'll All right, see. so we are we're heading into August, right? When we're we've turned the corner on summer, kind yeah. of ish. I want it to be fall. Is it is it too early for that wish? <sighs> that's well, it, we're right? Two weeks into August, so right. We're I mean, close. so. Brian, how close are we to an Oktoberfest? Beer coming yeah. in the stores? Oh, at least by the end of August, they'll be in the stores. You, you'd think so. Yeah. Do, I guess, so So that's it. So that we got to decide what we're going to do. We're going to hit two more just like regular beers, or are we going to dive headfirst into fall beers? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would, if we're going to do Oktoberfest, I want to try to do something that we haven't done before, obviously. Absolutely. Um. But I'm, you know, I'm down for whatever, but I, I am a sucker for those malty beers mm. and that's about the only time of, of year we can get those. So I, yeah, I love a good Oktoberfest. So as Marsden as it comes, that's, mm, that's, yeah. I love that. That's yeah, good. It's so weird, that, but yeah, it's true. It's almost here. It's, it is almost here. <laughs> this, this year, year is, has been a weird year. Stupid and weird and understatement uh, of the century. Yeah. But you know what we can do? <laughs> We can we can drink some good beers and forget all about it. Yep, you can definitely do that. I mean, I don't I don't have any more of those, but I have other but, ones. Yeah. Well, we'll drink some Oktoberfest beers. That should be coming here pretty soon. Coming up soon. All right. Well, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.